Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today we're going on a little Italian getaway to season two of The White Lotus. And we're bringing one of our favorite tour guides with us, Mr. Greg Varley. Welcome back, friend. Yes. Hello, hello. Welcome back, friend. <laughs> this is so exciting. I'm so excited to have you back and to talk about this show. As I was telling you earlier, you were the only one that I know who was watching the show. And I know my friend group is small. That, oh, that makes me want you to like re-examine who you hang out with because this show <laughs> is everything I want it to be and more. And this episode is my season two. I'm the Jennifer Coolidge. I'm coming back. It's everything we wanted. Now I'm back and it's going to end great for me. I just know it. <laughs> that being said, friend, it has been such a long time since we've had you back on this show. Some things have happened. Yes. You are no longer in your youth. You <laughs> threw a hell of a party to, I did. to celebrate moving on into adulthood. Is yeah, that a better readers, way to put it? You may not be able to tell by my youthful voice, but I am now 30. And a, a to celebrate infant. such a thing, I know, such a, such a baby. <laughs> to celebrate the big 3-0, I threw myself a big, a big birthday soiree, if you will. And the theme was Night of a Thousand Greg. So everyone had to come. Well, they didn't have to, but they were very strongly encouraged <laughs> to come as their favorite version of me, whether it was a particular look, a time in my life. And boy, howdy, was it fun. Oh, it was so much fun. I went as Go Sports Greg. A classic. Yes. One of my personal favorites, and it's one that can come year after year because there will always be sports and I will never learn. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I love about it. You are you are the one who plans the sporting event. Uh-huh. You will deck yourself out in the most beautiful jersey with rhinestones <laughs> and Gregness and say, go sports, regardless of the event, mm-hmm. just to bring a group of your friends together. Some people go for the sports. I go for the nachos in a bucket. I was so happy just to participate. And there were so many good looks at this party. There was Buddy the Elf Greg. There was Workout Greg. There was Lumberjack Greg. There that was, was a photo- popular one. Oh, I was so taken aback between the Lumberjack Gregs and the tan sweat. Mom and dads and Lumberjacks were running amok at that party. And boy, howdy, was it great. And let me tell you, if I were to have ever committed a felony, that would have been the night to do it because I would have had so many people who I could have had an alibi for. No, it wasn't me. It was ziplining Greg. What are you talking about? I mean, there were so many good looks and it was like Bloods versus Crips, the way that the lumberjacks <laughs> and the turtlenecks were divided across the It did get oddly territorial. It did. It did. And and everybody just united. And I was the one ghost sports Greg. And I was like, really? I no. thought this was the most affordable look that everybody would go for. I almost went as plant dad Greg. I got the the fruits of that because I have the shirt now. Yes. Yes. For those of you who don't know, during COVID, Greg <laughs> had a lot of looks and he went through a paternal phase of becoming a mm-hmm. plant dad where every home improvement store saw him frequently and i almost got you a home depot gift card to go with it honestly i just killed a bamboo like two days ago so (laughs) i (laughs) they're in their terrible two phase so i'm not as attentive to them as i was before see and this is why you want to attend a greg barley party and then we got together for wakanda forever Yes, we did. We got to nerd out with all of our little Marvel Disney friends, which was such a lovely little reunion. I loved seeing everybody. I love that everybody understood the assignment and wore white. 
to honor Mm -hmm. Chadwick Boseman. All right, so bringing it back to season two of The White Lotus, we've got some casting for you. As Tanya, we have Jennifer Coolidge. As Greg, we have John Grise, a.k.a. Uncle Rico. Also, what a weird name, Greg. Why would they choose that? I don't know. He I, sounds like a loser. He sounds like a closeted weirdest. loser. <laughs> As Bert, we have F. Murray Abraham. As Albie, we have Adam DeMarco. As Daphne, we have Megan Fahey. As Mia, we have Beatrice Grano. As Quentin, we have Tom Hollander. As Dominic, we have Michael Imperioli. As Cameron, we have Theo James. I mean... Uh... oh. Oh, yes, we do. As Harper, we have Aubrey Plaza. As Portia, we have Haley Lou Richardson. As Ethan, we have Will Sharp. As Lucia, we have Simona Tabasco. And as Jack, we have Leo Woodall. A star-studded, so talented cast. Are you kidding me? I know, dude. It was good. I'm ready to spill some tea. Are you ready to spill some tea? Baby, always. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched season two of The White Lotus, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you should go watch it because you're going to be really mad at us for spoiling it. Long story short, go watch season two. It is a masterclass in modern television. All right. Well, serious question. As always, when on our podcast, who was your favorite character? How dare you? Because it's like picking your favorite children. No, you I don't hate have kids. favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's truly an unfair question. And I think the great thing about Mike White's writing is you root for different people in different ways throughout the series. In the first two episodes, because I just rewatched the first two before we filmed this, just to see if like there were little Easter eggs hidden from the end of what I could like circle back on. You really don't like Daphne and you really don't like Cameron. I know, They're dude. introduced as the people that you know you're going to hate. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, they have it figured out. Ultimately, I'd, oh God, it has to be Megan Fahey's character. It has to be Daphne. I think Daphne truly has life figured out. And I'm there's a lot of buzz going on right now as to who, if they follow the same format, because season three just got greenlit. Yes. Who would follow to a third? And I think Daphne is a really strong contender of who could, because there were a lot of little hints sprinkled around the Maldives scuba diving. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, okay. yes. I just, I love her and I've continuously loved her. And I think not only the character was fantastic, but her performance of this character changed the way that I view how acting can be executed. I think it's such a masterclass. I loved all the women. I, I'm just going to say, I loved all the women. Okay. I'm going to throw a, a special little shout out to Laura Dern. She's the voice of the wife. Dominic, the the like Hollywood oh. director dude. When he Whenever he's on the phone, the two times it happens, no. that is Laura Dern. That did not even cross my mind. I'm honestly thrilled we didn't see her in person because that still leaves her casting open to a fully developed character later on. Who's your favorite character? I'm going to go with Portia. <gasps> Are you kidding? Okay, hear me out. She had a lapse in judgment. And I loved her anxiety attacks over how much she hated her life. It was very, very millennial. What am I doing with my life? The amount of memes that made fun of her. Exactly. On Twitter, I was living for it. Like things that I just did not pick up on. Did you love the character or did you love the way that the internet embraced the character? Both. Who was your least favorite character? There's only one right answer. (laughs) For sure. Oh, it's the piano player. You're right. 
Also a close second. I was actually going to go with the hookers. Are you, we are so different. I could not, first of all, sex worker. Second of all, oh, sorry. <laughs> I love them so much because you know what? In my eyes, they did nothing wrong. Okay. See, I don't think they did anything wrong. It was just hard to watch uh, Lucia not be bothered with the fact that she hooked up with Albie and his dad and just like called it a Tuesday. And I'm like, well, this is the mindset. <laughs> just not being bothered and making a living and hustling the crowd and just being very nonchalant. Like, oh, how do you know each other? And she's just going with the flow. And I was just, I would die if I was in that car having to hear this conversation firsthand. I just like sink in the back without calling out the awkwardness of the situation. I was like, you know what she does for a living? Stop being dumb. You know, as someone who may or may not have been in a similar situation in their life (laughs) at some point, I don't know. I just maybe felt connected with the characters and thought that it was fantastic. And I just really loved their empowerment of what they do and their ability to create human connection and heal through different uh, methods. All right. What was your favorite episode? Oh my God. Singular completely. I mean the finale and not to like, just make it so cheesy, but like it was perfect. It was such a great episode of television. And also season one had six episodes in this season had seven episodes. So they Mm -hmm. learned stretch that out, give the full storyline because there were so many intricacies. Also just every scene Megan Fahey as Daphne had truly was masterful. When she showed the picture of her child, so good. Ma'am, you had a child with your trainer. Right. And you just let this woman know without letting her know a thing. While RIP, I hate to admit that Jen Coolidge's wonderful, wonderful Tanya is no longer with us. Right. God, was it a perfect scene. It was. And I it was just the most beautiful example of natural selection. Like I was like, you can't <laughs> not natural selection. Yes, you can't figure out how to safely get off a boat or take the four inch platforms off girl right no this is how i want i love that she didn't die at the hands of somebody else that it was fully her own doing which is very tanya and mike spoke to that in the end credits like being like this is how she would go i didn't want anyone else to take her life from her it was ultimately truly just herself which i mean yeah that's how tanya would do it and Mm -hmm. somewhere belinda is just laughing her head off Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to see her go up to St. Peter's gate and him say cause of death. And she was like, well, you see, there was this boat and I didn't know how to get off of it safely. So I just did my best. And here we are. Oh, wow. (laughs) These gays are trying to kill me. (laughs) This is why this episode was also my favorite. Absolutely. I I mean, I was torn between the first, which hooked me. It's a great one. It is. But the season finale ultimately won in my mind. Okay. Serious question. Which okay. character did you love to hate the most? Oh my God. Jack, thank you. Yes. And let me tell you, the moment I learned he's actually Australian, these people can just throw these dialects around left and right and make me fully believe that they've not only grown up there, but gone to educational like places to learn, <laughs> had families and had major life experiences in those locations. It's truly crazy to me. Jack, I always loved And I knew that he was there for all the wrong reasons and I didn't care because he was pretty and that accent is garbage, but oh boy, I am a dumpster. If that's not my new Tinder bio, I don't know what it is. (laughs) What about you? I loved hating Cameron and I never (gasps) thought I could hate Theo James, but he won the award for a character I love to hate the most. Why did you hate him? 
Okay. So his character is such a tool to go after, well, <laughs> to go after your friend's wife, just as a, a power move and your college roommate's wife, right? Or whatever, even you shouldn't do it. <laughs> that's a, that's a real should... bond there. You don't yeah. break that bond. <laughs> you don't. He was just so nonchalant and like, oh, my wife's going to go out and spend my money. So I'm going to get some hookers. And I'm like, no, don't okay. make this decision. But he's so used to doing it. And he's normalized it or normalized that mindset with his wife. But they have this relationship like that you said that they figured it out. They know what works for him. I just fell for him so hard in, was it The Time Traveler's Wife? You need to watch that on HBO Max. That's a film, no? It was a film with okay, Rachel that's what McAdams. I'm thinking of. Yes, and but it's a series now. It's a series. Oh. And then they didn't renew season two. These people over at Warner, what are they doing? It's uh, witchcraft. It was just so mean because, and you fall in love with Theo James in the show in The Time Traveler's Wife, only for him to be a total tool in this show. And I'm like, no. I okay, see, this you. is interesting because I don't know him from many places. I'll be very honest. Okay. And the way that I had no prior conception as to who he could possibly be because I had no ties to his past really kind of let me just take him in for who he was presenting in this character, which I will say, I think a lot of people could find annoying or terrible or disgusting. I respect the fact that not once did he ever try to pretend to be somebody else. Agreed. Agreed. And this is a man who goes after what he wants. And I'm not agreeing with any of these things. Let me just right. make that very clear. Whether it's going after Aubrey Plaza's character, whether it's going after Ethan's new found like money to try and get him to invest. He goes after the things that he wants. This man has no self-control. And I, that's why I like having these conversations. Cause while you love to hate him, I was just like, I can't hate you because you've never once pretended to be anything other than what you are. And maybe no. that's just where I am as a person and how damaged I am. But Hey, you know, what? <laughs> I mean, he's a very versatile actor. I want to see him in other things. I just fell for him so hard in the time traveler's wife and so you were coping with the loss of your your perception of this i actor. really was yeah i really was so obviously or famously both seasons have been filmed at four seasons resorts around the world yes are do you think these are active marketing tools for these resorts because personally i want to go visit them oh. and this brings in the whole production side of do you think that they're cut some sort of deal to film there because they know it's going to bring in additional guests or are they like we're the four seasons sicily we don't need help <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let me put it this way. When I went to Scotland to do an Outlander tour, mm. the Scottish community was like, yes, please bring tourists. Love. Do this now. And I went to, I mean, I'm calling it Lolly Rock, but so it was this castle, okay. Jamie's childhood home. <clears throat> and the story behind it is there's the cutest little blue cottage right next door. Okay. That they could not film in any scene because it took away from the whole ambiance of the show. And Got they it. would owe the owner ex big money, right? Money. So this woman moved into the house six months before filming started. She was like, oh, I just want to get away from society. Without and knowing anything about the production. It hadn't started yet. She didn't <gasps> know about the Outlander fandom, Brilliant. anything. So she buys this home only for production to start eight months later. They're like, we've found our lolly rock. And only for all these fans <laughs> over the past six years to come visit and be like, oh my gosh, mom, look at this. This is the coolest thing ever. And look at this cute little, she would make so much money to Airbnb this thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you kidding? 
And she's just like, oh, people, I no. Mean, I, don't blame her. I don't blame her. Like, imagine if I don't even know the equivalent, but God, that would be, I mean, we worked at Disneyland for fuck's sake. Like we, we know how annoying tourists can be. We're like, yes, it's a castle. Yeah, it's a castle. It's great, isn't it? Do you want your photo or not? Move on. <laughs> no, we were much more magical than that. We were, we were, we were like, oh, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Long story short, I really would love to visit these. I mean, I'd love to visit anywhere. Let's be honest. Yes. I just travel, but if I were going to Sicily, I would make a pit stop to Absolutely. see this resort because A, beautiful. B, I'd want to reenact some some moments there. I'd want to, if there was a piano, you best believe I'd wear <laughs> some sort of feathery dress and just right. sit down there and, oh. Be Mia. Where do you want White Lotus season three to take place next? I mean, I feel like the groundwork has been laid. Has it not? Okay. Did you watch any of the behind the scenes of every oh, episode? Of I did. Okay. I watched until I watched until it was recommending shows I never have even heard of. I watched <laughs> until the very end moment. So the Maldives sounds like a pretty plausible location. And mm-hmm. God forbid they go scuba diving. I mean, it's next thing you know, or next thing you know, he's unplugging the air and poof, she's dead. I've heard rumors about Asia. So, so that's what Mike said. And exploring the whole idea of like the life cycle and like reincarnations and like east ideology when it comes to religion which i think is fascinating which do we think that tanya could get reborn as someone <laughs> oh that'd be cool that'd be really cool or like if we're she- talking reincarnation i know dude but i want to see if greg goes back to another i White feel like Lotus. we haven't seen the end of him and i hope we haven't while okay actually i take everything back i don't like greg and this is not just a therapy session i don't like greg <laughs> self-loathing gay <laughs> Gay on gay crime. I I don't. I really don't. Girl, what are you doing? Snap out of it. It was just, I mean, it's murder. Let's call it what it is. Like it was. It's straight up, a, it's an assassination murder plot. And while I think that the fun Italian gays got everything they got coming to them when she gunned them down, Call of Duty style on that yacht. She did. Yeah. And I mean, like work, that whole scene, the way it was shot brilliantly, we just saw the gunshots and then it pans to the dead and then just the blit of the blood out the mouth. Beautiful direction. I don't like Greg. And the fact that we never got any sort of full circle with his storyline makes me think that there is more. I don't want him to be the one that we see. Oh, right. But I need to see it. But I think you were also onto something with Laura Dern's character going on a getaway. (gasps) Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And that's what I want to find out. I want to find out if that voice casting was like a conscious decision or if it was like, oh shit, we need to find somebody. I'm friends with Laura. She can record it real quick. (laughs) Right. Are you free next Thursday? Right. (laughs) Not even just send me the voice memo. Like we'll Mm -hmm. we'll edit it in post. You'll be fine. Ooh, but wait. Okay. Also, I fully skirted the question. Where do I want to see it? Yes. I want somewhere cold. I want, I want like a house of Gucci skiing chalet somewhere. I want somewhere with layers and fireplaces and blizzards where they're stuck in a room together. Oh, so like Norway or Switzerland or. I could even see like an Iceland, like a Reykjavik kind of moment. I want somewhere Arctic, but I want to see something slightly different. Also, I think Thailand on a very separate note would be beautiful. (laughs) See, And that was where I was thinking that they would take it. I was like, okay, they're aiming for Asia. Somewhere in Asia. They were talking about reincarnation. I was thinking Thailand, maybe Phuket, maybe maybe somewhere in India. Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. There's there's so much room. Oh, I could so see I could absolutely see a Singapore season. And I also like as far as predictions go, where are you thinking they might take it? 
Girl, the fact that I don't know at all is the exact reason why I'm going to tune in the moment that it comes on my TV. Because I truly have no idea. And that is fantastic to me. What are you going to watch now that our White Lotus is is over? I've been doing a lot of like comfort rewatches lately, I'll be honest. So something I'm really diving back into and just doing a deep rewatch is Veep. Keeping it on the HBO Max platform. And as someone who grew up in DC and just constantly around the political world, it is such a treat. It is such a treat. Yes. It's absurd in every single way that you want it to be. And sadly has come to fruition as reality. (laughs) But in the day you have to remind yourself, like when this aired, this was absurd. Like this would (laughs) never be reality. And I were like, God, what I'd give to have Selena Meyer as president. (laughs) But what are you watching? Well, I've got a lot of things on my roster, but I just finished Wednesday. What are you watching for pleasure rather than necessity? I am on because you guys cover a lot of content on this podcast and I I applaud you. It's, it's truly amazing. But what are you like watching because you truly like want to not because you have to. I mean, I can't wait for season three of Emily in Paris. Seriously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll be honest. Never seen a single episode. You were going to have a new French boyfriend. It seems like garbage, but something I could, I, I might enjoy. You know what? I was thinking it's like sex in the city. Well, I initially thought Emily in Paris was too young of a show for me. And I was so late to the party and I binged it. Excuse me. I binged it super hard and was so sad that I had to wait for season two. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, oh, why did I do this to myself? This is such a good show. And I had two months before the pandemic hit, I was in Paris. And I vividly remember thinking, where was there ever a slow street in Paris? And I was like, I need to go back and find these beautiful parts of Paris that I didn't get to explore. I, I just look at all these beautiful things that that I didn't get to see or maybe I overlooked, whatever. But I'm seeing it through Emily's eyes. Thank you so much for for fangirling with me over this show. This We need to do this more often. I mean, are you? I mean, I was fangirling every Sunday on my couch alone. So the fact that I get to do this <laughs> over Zoom with somebody, it's just truly a joy. So anytime I... It's always such a such a joy getting to join and chat with you guys. And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Looking to donate some of your old books to a good home? Look no further than your local Little Free Library. Little Free Library is a nonprofit organization based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Their mission is to be a catalyst for building community, inspiring readers, and expanding book access for all through a global network of volunteer-led Little Free Libraries. For more information on Little Free Library, head on over to the link in our show notes. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Time Warner, Warner Brothers, HBO, HBO Max, the cast of White Lotus. Anything to do with anything about the White Lotus. Any Four Seasons hotels we are not affiliated with. (laughs) We are not affiliated with Sony or Outlander or any of the fandoms that we discussed today. We're just really big fans. But if they want us to be, we are open to discussions. So <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.